you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them with me to the book of Psalms chapter 78. Psalms chapter 78. I want to go to Psalm 78. And uh, there's this powerful verse in verse 40. How often they provoked him in the wilderness. Listen to the strong wording and grieved him in the desert. God's being grieved over something. What is it? Because they limited the Holy One of Israel and they did not remember his power. The day when he redeemed them from the enemy. Last week we talked about the champion. And that champion is not us, it's Jesus. And how that he redeemed us from the power of our enemy, our Goliath. And today I want to show you the power of praying big prayers. The power of asking in complete confidence that he is a strong and a mighty God. I want to spark your faith. I want to stir you today to believe for something beyond what you think is even possible. And I want us to take the limits off of God. That's what I'm going to preach about. And I don't want to just preach it. I want us to do it. I want us to allow him in this service today, wherever you're watching this online or those of you watching by television or those of you at one of our campuses, I want you to hear that we have the same problem they had back then. We limit the Holy One of Israel. Notice if you read Psalms chapter 78, there is this constant thing. He starts listening miracle after miracle. How God rolled back the Red Sea. How God fed them with manna. How God clothed them for 40 years. How God caused the air condition to work with a cloud by day and a heater to work with fire by night. How God did supernatural thing after supernatural thing. And then the Bible says that they began to limit that same God. And God, notice the strong wording, was grieved. Grieved. Why was he grieved? He was grieved and provoked because they limited him. They did not give him the privilege to do everything he wanted to do for them. They limited him. God wasn't limited in his ability. They limited him by their unbelief. And when you understand that, he wasn't able to do everything he wanted to do for them. And I think about Matthew 23 and verse 37, how Jesus said, to the city of Jerusalem, but he could be saying it to someone listening to me today. How often I would. I would have taken you under my wing. I would have blessed you. I would have raised you. I would have protected you. How often I would, he said. Notice those words. He said, I wanted to gather you. King James says, I would have, but you were not willing. You would not. The King James says, I would have, but you would not. 
That's a phenomenal thing to understand when you, when, when you think of God and his unlimited power. And he says, I would have, but you wouldn't. You would not. You limited me. If you're short, if you're limited, if you're running a deficit in some area of your life, I want you to know that God is able and ready to do bigger, to do greater, to do larger than any of us can conceive in our mind. Here's the scripture for it. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those who love him, and I want to add, who will not limit him. And then in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. In other words, don't limit God. We must no longer limit him. It's time to turn him loose. It's time to let him be God. I'm asking today for this place to be charged to change. That the days of small prayers the days of little prayers will be over and it's time to pray big prayers and receive awesome answers to those prayers. Take the limits off God. No restrictions, no limitations. Sovereignty means God can do, when you say he's a sovereign God, it means God can do what he wants to do, where he wants to do it, with anybody he wants to do it with. And here's the big part. He does not have to ask anybody's permission. I believe in the sovereignty of God and I believe his power is limitless and I believe he has so much more for us if we'll take the limits off. Matthew 27 in verse 2 has an astounding verse. Jesus was God in skin. He was almighty God in skin and the Bible said, and they bound Jesus. The last thing we want in this church is a bound Jesus. I want us to loose him. I want Jesus to be free to heal, free to deliver, free to encourage, free to bless, free to raise up, free to move mightily among us. I don't want a church that is dead, dull, and boring. Even on a rainy Sunday morning, I don't want to limit God. Somebody needs a miracle. Somebody needs a, a salvation. Somebody needs freedom. Somebody needs a healing. Why don't we take the limits off of God this morning? We're gathered in his name. Anything is possible. I want a church where Jesus is not bound. We bind him in unbelief. We bind him in pitiful, small petitions. Imagine it like this. Imagine Bill Gates, the billionaire, got together with Elon Musk and Warren Buffett, a bunch of other billionaires, and they all personally invited you to come in with your dream, come in with your needs, come in with the craziest vision that you could come up with. And they actually are saying, I want you to understand what the meeting is about. We have enormous billions of dollars and we want you to come in and ask us for what you think you need. And imagine you walking in to the presence of those men knowing that they have it and want you to have it. And you say, hey, could you give me five? 
dollars to keep, give me five to keep me alive. They would look at each other. Can you imagine? Would you, we wouldn't even probably do that. We would, our mentality is so, would you lend me $10? I'll pay you back. Well, when I'm talking about the God of heaven, when we go before him, he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He is so mighty and we bind him with small faith, with little dreams, low levels of satisfaction and ant-sized expectation. It's time to get a fresh vision and a fresh dream and expand and ask him for bigger and greater things. We must free him to do supernatural things in this hour that we're in. And if we will not limit him, I believe he will do phenomenal things for his people. The Bible said he was grieved. Why was he grieved? Because they limited him. They did not let him do all that he had planned and longed to do for them. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 6 says, Never the less God. That's a revelation in itself. God is never the less. He is always the more. He is never less than he was. He's always the more. You'll never wear God out. You'll never wear God down. Even if he met every need in this room and had every person listening to me, if he gave you everything you need, he would not be less. He's never the less. He's always the more. And when you understand that, he will always have more grace than sin. He will always have more, more power than your problems. He'll always have more mercy than you have mistakes. He'll always have more love than you have hate. He'll always have more supply than you have need. He'll always have more forgiveness than you have failure. He is nevertheless he is always the more. So stop limiting him. Stop limiting him by not asking. Nobody will strain God's spiritual budget. I don't care how big your dream is. You can't make him have to reach into his reserves. <laughs> Angels are not going to have to massage him. Because he's so worn out from fixing your problem. I'm telling you, we limit him through unbelief. We limit him by making him so tiny and small. And God is saying, don't grieve me. Don't provoke me by limiting the Holy One of Israel. Everybody needs to believe for greater things and pray bigger prayers. Ask God to do gigantic things. No more peanut-sized prayers. Turn to somebody and say, he's preaching to you, and you're just now kind of getting your coffee kick in. I, I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm preaching to you. And you can let this go in one ear and out the other, but somebody's going to get it. All the Baptists are sitting up in the balcony. Can y'all not give me one amen from up there? Let me give you another verse. Luke chapter, am I preaching the word or am I preaching just, 
Is, is it in the Bible? If it's in the Bible, let's not limit it. And I think God knows how to say what he means without you having to water it down and apologize and come up with theology that throws it out the window. For example, Luke chapter one says it like this. Luke one, for everybody, out loud, boldly. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. No challenge is too great. No devil is too big. How do we limit him? We limit him by prayerlessness. Listen to what he said in John 16 and verse 24. Up to now, you have asked me for nothing in my name. He says the reason that much isn't happening is you're not asking. You think about your problems. You talk about your problems. You wallow and, 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 and have sleepless nights, twisting and turning all night because you don't have the answers. But he says, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. You're limiting me when you don't ask me. And then I love the fact that he said, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. I want people happy. I want people full. I want people blessed. I want people to have the full benefit of everything the cross has purchased. But he said, if you don't ask me, and I love that he didn't put, he didn't say ask small only. He didn't say ask medium prayers. He didn't say ask large prayers. He said, you decide. If you want little of my power, then ask little, medium or large. Just like you order your drink, get the big gulp. Let your cup run over. He says, my cup, run. David said, I'm going to have a cup running over. And you have to decide. And the way you decide is you, you limit him by little prayers or no prayer. You have limited me by not asking. We have to get the audacity to ask. Just like in Genesis 18. God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to wipe out the whole place. I'm going to burn the whole city down. They're totally wicked, totally vile. And just before he does it, there's a guy who says, well, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God for something to do because I've got family and I need God to save my family out of this place. So he says, now, God, will you, if I can find 50 righteous, listen how bold this guy is, talking to God. God's already said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wicked, wicked sins. And God listens to this man and he starts asking. And he says, God, if I can find 50 righteous, will you, will you not destroy the city? God said, okay. And then he comes back and he says, that was too easy. If I can find 40, will you? Don't, don't you like this guy? Don't you like him? If I can find 40, will you not destroy the city? Okay, I'll do that. If you can, if I, and then he says, well, if it's working, I'm going to keep on pushing it. If, if, if I can find 30, will you not destroy the city? Yes, I won't destroy the city. I'll spare the city if you can find 30. Well, if I can find 20, yes, 20. Well, and I know God's probably sitting up there saying, well, here he comes again. If I can find 10 righteous, will you not destroy the city? And God said, if you can find 10 righteous, I will not destroy the city. And then the strangest thing happens in that story. He stopped asking. Why did he stop? You know what? When he stopped asking, God stopped answering. 
and God destroyed the city. He could have went down to five. He could have went down to one. But he, he kind of lost the audacity. He, he said, I, I better, I better. And God's saying, I like people who come in and ask me for bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger miracles. If I can do it by many, I can do it by few. If I can do it with a lot, I can do it with a little. But I need somebody to believe and take the limits off. When we ask, we need to ask big. Ask God not just to help you, but to heal you. Ask God not to add. Ask him to multiply. Ask God not for a few, but ask him for overflow. Ask him for more than enough. Ask him, don't limit the God of Israel. Ask God for miracles. I did when he called me to preach at this church. This is the only church I've ever pastored. I've never pastored another church. Never will pastor another church. This is it. The Alpha and the Omega. But I ask him. I ask him over and over and over. I just wanted to believe. I just wanted to do. I just wanted the church to grow. I just wanted to have outreaches. I just wanted to change lives. I just I ask him for TV. Ask him for this. Ask him for that. Ask him for new more campuses. Ask him for this. And I tell you, I, 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 none of it happens if somebody doesn't get something in them that says, well, I just believe he's a big God. And once you get a win under your belt, you start asking for bigger things and bigger things. And when we first started out, you know, oh my God, I remember that land down the road where our old building is. It it was $385,000. And I said, oh dear Lord, he's going to have to shut down one side of heaven if if we ever pay off $385,000. My goodness, I I had ant-size faith, ant-size expectation. We serve a mighty God. We serve a big God. He can do anything. I wouldn't be surprised if Elon Musk was watching me right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Gates' satellite gets messed up and he can't flip the channel. I've just seen God do too much. You don't know what God can do. Stop limiting the God of Israel. He's mighty. He's powerful. Jimmy Stewart, the famous Hollywood actor, left all of his memorabilia from all of the movies that he had done and all just amazing things to a university that nobody had ever heard of. He was being interviewed. It's worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he's being interviewed. And the person said, I heard you gave this university all your stuff. Why did you do that? Did, did, did you go to that school? Oh, no, I didn't go to that school. Did your children know? Did your grandchildren know? Why did you do it? And he said, well, they ask. I wonder how much we're living without just because we sit there and don't ask and we limit him. They ask me. Nobody had ever asked me. I'd have given it to somebody else, but they didn't ask me. They asked me, so I gave it to them. The other day I was on Delta flying, Delta Airlines flying from 
California back to here. And I sat down in my seat. And I'm a million miler, black diamond, platinum, any and everything they got. And I sat down, it's a long flight, and I usually read, study for the first hour or so when I get on the plane. That way I send a vibe, I don't want to talk. <laughs> Even if I'm not studying, I'll act like I am. But uh, after a while, I, I went to turn my TV on, but on the back of the seat in front of me, and the sound didn't work. Had no sound. And I looked over at the guy beside me, and he didn't have any sound either in his. So I called the stewardess, and I said, is something wrong? And she said, oh, I'm sorry. These two seats don't have sound. You got a four-hour flight. Enjoy it. Now, this is what Sharice taught me about that situation. Sharice. I, if it had been me, I'd have probably just let it go. But Sharice taught me this many years ago. This is her very line. Toward the end of the flight, I called the stewardess back as she was coming back by. I said, hey, can I ask you something? She said, yeah. I said, how is Delta Airlines going to compensate me for the the fact that I did not have entertainment on this flight that I paid for. And she said, yes, sir. She said, I'm going to give you 3,500 uh, uh, sky miles. And she said, you got your phone? I said, yeah. And she said, dee, 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 and gave me 3,500. And the guy was sitting there beside me. And she walked off. And he looked at me. And he said, how did you do that? I said, I asked. You have not because you asked not. So help me. You know what he said? He said, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. And if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to ask for an offering. Come on, somebody. You have not. That's a lot of miles. I can fly to Hawaii. Free. Or I could have just got off the plane. Wonder how many times God's sitting up there saying, I wish you'd ask. I wish you'd ask. Matthew 7 and verse 11, if you being carnal or evil or earthly know how to give good gifts to your children, everybody shout the next three words. How much more will your limitless Father who is in heaven good, give good things to those who ask Him? How much more? Everybody shout those words. How much more? Shout it again like you believe it. How much more? There's an, there's an incredible story. 2 Chronicles chapter 16 of a man by the name of Asa who got diseased in his feet. And the disease became so severe that it got worse and worse. And this is, the, this is what the text said in verse 12. It said, for 39 years he reigned, but Asa became diseased in his feet, which could be a type of not walking by faith, walking by sight. 
And when we get diseased in our feet, we start walking by sight instead of faith. And his malady was severe, yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. God's not against the physicians, but they should not be the only thing that we think about and go to and check with, but we ought to be praying, praying, praying. Seek the Lord, seek the answer, seek and ask that unlimited, mighty, great physician named Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. Ask him for miracles. Ask him for long life. Ask him for signs and wonders and restoration to your health. Don't neglect the cure. Don't limit the Holy One of Israel. Turn him loose to do powerful things. Someone wrote this poem, thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none could ever ask too much. I promise you, God's not going to have to get a massage if he answers your prayer because you just wore him out and exhausted him. Ask for some huge things. Ask for some gigantic things. Ask for some, ask for some enormous things. Have the, have, the, have the audacity to ask, just like Lot did. Ask. Ask for your family. Ask for miracles. Ask for that house. Ask him. Ask him for it. He likes for you to show that you are, you, you are depending on him. He is your source. He's your El Shaddai. I think two things cause us to limit God. Prayerlessness, and number two, is our wrong perception. In other words, a little perception of who God is. Do you know that if the Holy Spirit is in us, the Holy Spirit in us is everything God is. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have everything God is. The Bible said, if I by the finger of God cast Satan out, Jesus said, I don't just have a finger of God. I don't just have an arm. With his arm, his right arm, he, he brought salvation. I don't just have his finger or his arm. I have all of God when I have the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. Believe him for something exceptional. Believe him to use you in a powerful way. In the book of Mark, the Bible talks about the woman who came to Jesus and she had a demon-possessed daughter. Watch this. And, and Jesus ignored her. And then he basically referred to her as a goat because he said, I'm sent to the sheep of Israel. In other words, you, you're, you're a goat. You're not a sheep. He ignored her. She came back, basically said, you're a goat. And then she comes back again and he says, these amazing words, he said, it's not right 
to give the children's bread to dogs. And boy, here's why she got a miracle. Because she had a perception of who God was that was absolutely remarkable. She knew who he was and she knew how much power he had. And she made this statement, Oh, yes, Lord, but the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. In other words, he was saying, Lord, I know who you are. I know how much power you are. I know you're God in skin, and I don't even need a slice of bread. I don't, it won't take a slice of your power to set my daughter free. It won't take a loaf of your power to set my daughter free. All it will take is a crumb of your power. You're so big. You're so limitless. You're so mighty that if I can just get a crumb from the master's table, I don't have to have a slice of your power. I don't have to have a loaf of your power. All I need is a crumb of your power and my daughter will be set free from every demon that's tormenting her life. And she got it because her perception of how great he was how powerful he was. It's just a crumb. Quit magnifying your problem and start magnifying your God. Quit magnifying the enemy and start magnifying God's power. Quit magnifying your need and start magnifying God's supply. Don't limit the Holy One of Israel. You're not going to break God in a sweat. I close with this. But the Bible said in Mark chapter 6 and verse 5 that Jesus came to his hometown of Nazareth. And he could do no mighty work there. This is remarkable. Except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. In other words... Healing is not mighty works in his mind. <laughs> He's so powerful. We think, oh, if one person could get healed, we think that is, in his mind, healing, opening blind eyes, cripples walking, lepers being cleansed, that doesn't qualify for me, God saying, that doesn't qualify as a mighty work. That's, that's crumbs. He could do no mighty work there. Why? Because he was in his hometown and they limited him. They limited him. Isn't it something that he had to go to strange places to do mighty works? But he wanted to do them in his hometown and he couldn't. You know what the church is? The church is his hometown. We're his family, we're his people. This is his church. And I wonder how many times he comes and he says, I wish I could do some mighty works in this place. But nobody's asking me. Nobody's perceiving how powerful just a crumb from the master's table is. Put the text up from Psalm 78 one more time. They limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited him. 
with unbelief. They limited him. Let's not limit him this morning. Let's ask him for big things. Let's ask him for great things. We dine on leeks and garlics and onions when Calvary purchased milk and honey. We're eating spiritual bologna and potato chips when Calvary purchased filet mignon and lobster. I thought you'd come alive on that. It's lunchtime. I never will forget hearing this story when I was first starting to preach. I actually read it in, a, in somebody's book. They said there was this man who got on a cruise and was so excited because he was leaving uh, England and going to America where his family was. He got just enough money saved, saved, saved to buy the ticket. Got on there and brought all the clothes he had, everything he had. And he brought all the food that he could get because he knew it was going to be a long journey for, for, for several days, almost two weeks by boat. And so he got an enormous supply of cheese and crackers. And for the most part, he had crackers in the morning and crackers in the afternoon and cheese and crackers in the evening. He would go in the cafeteria and he'd see all those people eating the buffet, having the midnight buffet, and he'd just eat his cheese and crackers. Last day of the cruise, last day of the journey, the captain noticed a man every day sitting at that beautiful cafeteria, pulling out his brown paper bag, eating cheese and crackers when people were eating all kinds of plates overrunning with food. And he walked over to him and sat down, introduced himself and told him his story. He was going to see his wife, etc., etc. And he said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, why don't you, don't you go up there and enjoy that buffet? He said, oh, I, uh, I didn't have enough money to pay for the food. The captain with a sad face said, oh my God, did nobody tell you? You've been eating cheese and crackers the whole trip. When the ticket was bought, the food came with it. Some of you are going to get to heaven. I, I wish I had a church that could say amen or something. Some of us are going to get to heaven and realize we've been living on cheese and crackers when Calvary bought so much more. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You don't have to live on cheese and crackers anymore. Calvary paid it all. Master charge. Charge it to the master. Get up on your feet and give him a shout of praise at every campus. Hold on just a minute now. Don't run for the door. You're going to run, run for the altar. Because since we got up and we came to church, 
Why don't we take the limits off of God this morning? Wonder who is sitting spiritually on the airplane and they're going through something and it dawned on you. I haven't asked. That was too easy. He got it just because he asked. Maybe if I'll ask, God will do it. There's no maybe. He's a powerful God. He turns maybes into miracles. I want every person under the sound of my voice at every campus watching online who would say, I need to ask. I'm, I'm praying peanut-sized prayers and I need to ask for bigger things.